Merrick Garland really goofed up more than once. Also, more evidence the FBI should be abolished and Dr. Fauci belongs in prison for the rest of his life. It's all in this edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 214 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Friday, August 12th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to mention. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. All right, let's get right to it. Attorney General Merrick Garland waited three days, three days to make any kind of announcements about the unprecedented and outrageous 30-agent FBI raid Nine-hour raid on the home of a former president. He waited three days. And then he came out with this foolishness? Good afternoon. Since I became attorney general, I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. So as soon as this is over, they leaked to the New York Times... Oh, what we were really looking for was, um, yeah, nuclear stuff. Nuclear stuff. Yeah, that's it. So he's already lying right off the bat. I made it clear we're going to speak through our, uh, what was that, our court filings? Is that what he said? I have made clear that the Department of Justice will speak through its court filings and its work. Its court filings and its work. Well, I'll tell you what. The FBI is part of the DOJ. You sure spoke through your work on Monday. You know, before I let this knucklehead go any further, let me just remind you what the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution says. Let me just remind you. Because what they did to a former president on Monday was outrageous. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. Now, the judge that signed off on the search warrant six weeks ago recused himself 
from Trump versus Clinton, Donald Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton for defamation, because he said he couldn't be impartial. And that's obvious. The guy worked for Jeffrey Epstein, and he has done very negative social media posts about Donald Trump. So how is it he can be impartial and sign off on a search warrant six weeks after he recused himself and says, no, I can't be impartial in Trump versus Clinton? But I digress. Let's go back to this glittering jewel of integrity and intellect. Attorney General Merrick Garland, and oh, 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 do I have some stuff about him. But let's go back to his announcement. Just now, the Justice Department has filed a motion in the Southern District of Florida to unseal a search warrant and property receipt relating to a court-approved search that the FBI conducted earlier this week. And I told you what court approved it. A guy who hates Trump, who recused himself from Trump versus Clinton just six weeks ago. By the way, in case you didn't see Merrick Garland's announcement on television or on YouTube or somewhere, he looks nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. That search was a premises located in Florida belonging to the former president. Really? Who knew? The department did not make any public statements on the day of the search. So? The former president publicly confirmed the search that evening, as is his right. Yeah. Yeah, you would think he would say something. You got blue lights all over the place. You got 30 FBI agents. Mar-a-Lago is not uh, back in the woods, back in the sticks, back in the holler somewhere. You did a very public thing in broad daylight. Yeah, I guess he might mention something about it. Copies of both the warrant and the FBI property receipt were provided on the day of the search to the former president's counsel, who was on site during the search. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I trust you as far as I can throw Chris Christie and his slightly chunkier cousin simultaneously. The search warrant was authorized by a federal court upon the required finding of probable cause. And you're not going to say anything about the judge's conflict because you never do. You never do. You're doing the bidding of the regime. You're the furthest thing imaginable from an impartial arbiter of justice. The property receipt is a document that federal law requires law enforcement agents to leave with the property owner. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. Okay, now wait a minute. The substantial public interest in this matter... If that was a concern, you would have answered questions, but you didn't. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Not this Justice Department. This has never been done before. 
faithful adherence to the rule of law. Okay, you got all kinds of video evidence of Hunter Biden committing felonies. If you had faithful adherence to the rule of law, you would have indicted him, right? All kind of evidence that uh, Hillary Clinton destroyed 33,000 emails under subpoena. Let her walk. You're a joke, Merrick. You're a joke. You know why you didn't get on the uh, U.S. Supreme Court? A lot of people think it's because uh, Mitch McConnell said no. Huh, no, no. It's because God didn't want you on the Supreme Court. God's word is very clear. He lifts men up and he takes men down. And God did not allow you to go on the U.S. Supreme Court, Merrick. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. Bald-faced lie. And you know you're lying, too. I know, I know. The George Costanza rule. It's not a lie, Jerry, if you believe it. He doesn't believe it. He knows it's not true. Kevin Kleinsmith, FBI lawyer, lied about Carter Page. In writing, said, no, no, he's not helping out our CIA. He's a Russian spy. He's a slap on the wrist, not a day in jail, and he's back in good standing as a lawyer in Washington, D.C. Merrick Garland's prosecutors are telling all kinds of lies about the January 6th defendants. Oh, oh. And the Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Michigan, kidnapping hoax case. I don't know if this is the most corrupt attorney general we've ever had. But he's probably the most corrupt in my lifetime. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. So that's why you leaked to the New York Times this last evening that um, you were really looking for uh, information on nukes. Presumption of innocence, my elbow. No, man. Nobody's buying that garbage. We're not buying what you're selling, pal. On top of which, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye. We do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations. There is no integrity in your investigations. There's no integrity in your department. There's no integrity in the FBI. And you certainly have no interest in protecting the constitutional rights of American citizens. You play ball for the regime, which is trying to strip us all of our constitutional rights. Federal law long-standing department rules, and our ethical obligations 
prevent me from providing further details as to the basis of the search at this time. So that's why you leak all kinds of defamation, defamatory stuff to uh, the mainstream media because federal law, right, doesn't let you do that. Oh, I see. There are, however, certain points I want you to know. First, I personally approve the decision to seek a search warrant in this matter. You screwed up, pal. Second, the department does not take such a decision lightly. Uh, no, I know you don't. You're trying to destroy this guy. Where possible, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search and to narrowly scope any search that is undertaken. So why didn't you? He was uh, cooperating. You guys are negotiating. He was cooperating. Here, take 15 boxes, whatever you want, whatever you need. Your own words condemn your actions, sir. Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI. Unfounded? Unfounded? Waco would like a word. Ruby Ridge would like a word. The female Olympic athletes sexually abused by Dr. Larry Nasser would like a word. Carter Page and George Papadopoulos would like a word. The victims of the Pulse nightclub massacre in Orlando would like a word. Um, The families of the victims of the October 1... Shooting in Vegas would like a word. I could keep going all night, man. The families of the 9-11 victims who know that some of the hijackers roomed with an FBI informant would like a word. Mm Mm-hmm. The people who almost got killed in Garland, Texas a few years back at the Draw Muhammad cartoon contest by a couple of jihadists that drove all the way from Arizona with an FBI agent driving right behind them. The jihadists who jumped out of the car shooting well, the FBI agent just watched, and it's only because off-duty security, off-duty police cut him down with his gun. Yeah, those folks almost got killed there. They'd like a word about the professionalism of the FBI. Unfounded attacks, huh? Third. 
Let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and Justice Department agents and prosecutors. You're beneath contempt, pal. Oh, and by the way, now, now they're saying that to verbally criticize the FBI is the same thing as violence. Constitutional rights. First Amendment right to free speech. Nope, they're saying, nope, that's violence. That's violence. All right, give me your best shot here, pal. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. It's not being unfairly attacked. whole thing's a setup. It's been a setup since 2015. Russia collusion, hoax. Mueller investigation. Stolen election. Nothing's being unfairly attacked. But again, you know this. You're an actor, but you're not a very good one. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. I don't believe that. For a minute. Well, Doc, Doc, it's just uh, it's just the leadership there, the seventh floor at D.C., you know, the, the local FBI agents, they're good folks. Really? It's the local FBI agents that beat down people's doors in pre-dawn raids. It's not, not Christopher Ray doing that. I don't believe this garbage. The FBI needs to be abolished. Every day... They protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. No, they don't. No, they don't. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. So how many of them were uh, agent provocateurs January 6, 2021, at the U.S. Capitol. Oh, that's right. You refuse to answer. I am honored to work alongside them. This is all I can say right now. I don't believe that either. More information will be made available in the appropriate way and at the appropriate time. There's nothing appropriate about the way you're running this sham of a department. Thank you. Thank you all for your questions. But as I said, this is all I can say at this time. And then they just rolled over like sheep. Tell you what. So then a little bit later, they leaked the story to the New York Times. We were really looking for nuclear stuff. So you've got uh, presidential historian Michael Beschloss, okay? Guy's written a whole bunch of books. Guy who, um, what is he on this, CNN or MSNBC? I don't remember. Anyway, he tweets out a picture of uh, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. who were convicted for giving U.S. nuclear secrets to Moscow and were executed June 1953. He wants you to think 
that Trump was trying to do the same thing. Guess who else tweeted it out? Former CIA director under Bush, General Michael Hayden. Did you hear about that? And uh, he said, in response to Michael Beschloss, sounds about right. So they know Trump is not guilty of a crime and they want him to be executed? Let that sink in. Well, again, look, I've said this for many years. said this for many years. If they're willing to murder unborn babies, if they're willing to do whatever they can to keep it legal, to rip them apart limb for limb, limb from limb, do you really think they wouldn't want to see an innocent man executed? You really think they care about your human rights? No, no, not in the least. So Donald Trump over on his uh, social media platform, Truth Social, this evening said, not only will I not oppose the release of documents related to the un-American, unwarranted, and unnecessary raid and break-in of my home in Palm Beach, Florida, Mar-a-Lago, I am going a step further by encouraging the immediate release of those documents, even though they have been drawn up by radical left Democrats and possible future political opponents who have a strong and powerful vested interest in attacking me, much as they have done for the last six years. He continues, My poll numbers are the strongest they have ever been. Fundraising by the Republican Party is breaking all records. And midterm elections are fast approaching. This unprecedented political weaponization of law enforcement is inappropriate and highly unethical. The world is watching as our country is being brought to a new low, not only on our border, crime, economy, energy, national security, and so much more, but also with respect to our sacred elections. Release the documents now. Okay. Jackie Heinrich over at Fox. Thursday afternoon says a federal law enforcement source tells me probable cause for search warrant very likely came from a Secret Service member. She says, from my source, To obtain a criminal search warrant, the government must identify, one, the specific item to be seized, two, specific location of that item, and three, that specific item is at that specific location at that precise moment. 
This evidence is typically obtained in one of two ways. One, a Title III wiretap intercepting conversation. And or two, a well-placed source giving real-time information to law enforcement. She says at Mar-a-Lago, Trump is surrounded by two types of people. One, political loyalists. Two, law enforcement officers in the Secret Service. Only the law enforcement officers would have an ethical and or legal duty to report observations of criminal conduct to fellow law enforcement officers. Therefore, it would seem more likely than not that the probable cause for the search warrant was based on information provided by the President's Secret Service security detail. Now, the great Sean Davis, CEO and co-founder of The Federalist, says, wait, 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 wait. So the silver bullet confidential source who likely convinced the feds to raid Trump's home is a fed himself? Amazing. How about that? Okay, not just the New York Times, it leaked to the Washington Post, too. Catherine Doyle of the Washington Post. Oh, Catherine Doyle is a White House reporter of the Washington Examiner, but she's linking to the Washington Post. She says FBI agents searching Trump's Mar-a-Lago sought classified documents relating to nuclear weapons, sources tell the Washington Post. So, response to that from the House Judiciary GOP says, so hours after Merrick Garland says DOJ, DOJ only speaks through its filings in court, they go out and leak this story to the Washington Post. Yep. So, the FBI put out a statement Thursday afternoon. FBI Director Christopher Wray said, and I quote, unfounded attacks on the integrity of the FBI erode respect for the rule of law and are a grave disservice to the men and women who sacrificed so much to protect others. Violence and threats against law enforcement, including the FBI, are dangerous and should be deeply concerning to all Americans. Every day I see the men and women of the FBI doing their jobs professionally and with rigor, objectivity, and a fierce commitment to our mission of protecting the American people and upholding the Constitution, I am proud to serve alongside them, unquote. Now, it says that this is a quote from FBI Director Christopher Ray, but that sounds like almost exactly, word for word, what Attorney General Merrick Garland just said. So we got some 
we got some responses here. The great talk show host out of Houston, Jesse Kelly, says, responding to Chris Ray, remember when you're... Oh, I know. The reason... The reason Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray both said exactly the same thing is because neither one of them wrote the script. You know, you remember the old saying, I was just following orders. Anyway, Jesse Kelly says, remember when your counterterrorism team met to discuss which terrorist threat level you should apply to parents who are angry with their school boards? Remember that? Yeah. The great attorney Ron Coleman says you've become more despised than even the IRS. That's not our fault. That's your fault. Look, I'm just getting started. Wait until you hear. Wait until you hear. What Merrick Garland refused to do in the investigation of Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. If you haven't heard about this yet, you're going to be shocked. Once again, thank you so much to our advertisers, our friends, who make it possible for us to do what we do five times a week on the Doc Washburn Show. If you try to buy a car recently... You realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? 
or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thanks again to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones and Mitch Ward at RedRiverYourWay.com. Our friends and our advertisers, we appreciate you all for making it possible for us to do what we do here. All right. um, Before I get to uh, the Merrick Garland tie-in with the Unabomber, I got to share this with you from the great Yassi Gestertner over on Twitter, uh, Mr. Gestertner with the Economic Stress Index. He's got his own Substack where he does his columns. He says there were 10 boxes of nuclear secrets just laying around at Mar-a-Lago for a year and a half tucked into Melania's clothes that took 30 agents nine hours to collect. See, 3 p.m., Garland asks, how dare you critique the feds? 5 p.m., 5 p.m., FBI, Director Ray echoes the same points. 8 p.m., those upstanding above-board feds leak an incomplete, misleading claim about nuclear secrets to a state-aligned press office, Washington Post. In a matter of eight hours, we went from this isn't a raid and Garland didn't even know about it to, of course Garland approved a raid. We needed to save nuclear documents from Trump. Soon they'll say Biden was briefed due to the risk, but he deferred to DOJ career officials. Folks, rest assured the top secret messages on the Secretary of State's illegal email server didn't have active nuclear documents on it. This is why there was no 30-agent raid to check for more records, despite the Secretary of State having subverted a subpoena, namely Hillary. Hillary. I got to tell you, man, it's jacked up. So a guy named Terry Turchy, he was the lead investigator for the FBI, the Unabomber case. Remember Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber? Guy who uh, sent makeshift bombs and actually 
actually killed people? Remember him? So Terry Turchi was the lead FBI investigator trying to take down the Unabomber. All right? And he was on the Jesse Waters show on Fox News Channel on Thursday evening. Now, Mr. Turchie was also a former deputy assistant director of the FBI's counterterrorism division. Okay? And the things that he said about Merrick Garland vis-a-vis the Unabomber investigation were shocking that I worked for the F- that I worked for the FBI that existed as recently as 20 years ago has been itself transformed it is no longer independent at all and it no longer has agents who will speak up even if they're talking to the FBI director and say look that may not be a good path or a good decision perhaps we should consider something different the FBI I was in was uh, highly agitated when uh, decisions like this came along and everybody had a voice and uh, fortunately we worked at a time when when people listen to each other. That's not happening now. Uh, and I, I've never said this publicly, but I'll just tell you right now because it just sickens me to watch and listen to Mary Garland because Mary Garland was in charge of the prosecution at DOJ of the Unabomber. And uh, did you know that? I mean, they got the Unabomber. So what, what's the problem? He's about to tell you. I have to tell you something. He would not recommend to the AG that our search warrant to get into Theodore Kaczynski's cabin be approved. Whoa! What on earth? They got the guy dead to rights, and Merrick Garland wouldn't sign off on the search warrant to get into Ted Kaczynski's Kaczynski's Cabin, the Unabomber. He and his group of attorneys had us working till two or three in the morning of uh, of April third, and finally the AG Janet Reno, along with uh, Louis Free, they stepped in. They approved the search warrant anyway. Now that was a case where we had bombs on airplanes. We had threats to blow up airplanes in midair. We had people killed with bombs for eighteen years. He wouldn't do anything. He would not recommend to the AG that we get into that cabin on April 3rd. He didn't see the urgency then, and he didn't seem to care about agents being up all night trying to get ready for that. But on this, this is how he handles this. Uh, we have, we have what was the last count? 75, perhaps? I'm sure that's real lowball uh, of uh, potential people who are terrorists. They were on the terror watch list. They're in America today somewhere. The FBI has no idea where they are. Now, when he says April 3rd, Let me just break that down for you. FBI agents arrested Kaczynski at his cabin on April 3rd, 1996. A search revealed a cache of bomb components, 40,000 handwritten journal pages that included bomb-making experiments, descriptions of the Unabomber crimes, and one live bomb. They also found what appeared to be the original type manuscript of Industrial Society and its Future. 
his manifesto. By this point, the Unabomber had been the target of the most expensive investigation in FBI history at that time. But Merrick Garland didn't want them, wouldn't sign off on the search warrant, didn't want them to be able to get this guy. So what's up with that? So, so that's, you know, when, when when he talks about April 6th, that's what he's talking about. Okay? Pardon me, April 3rd, 1996. Here's more. Uh, Christopher Ray could not tell us last week where the uh, Hunter Biden laptop is or if the FBI still has it. But we might have, and I say this uh, very passionately because I also work counterintelligence for years in the FBI. Uh, we may very well have our own highest level of government penetrated by Chinese agents. Yep. Highest level. I think by that he probably means... Uh the guy who sits behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office. Wait, you don't think Joe Biden's a Chinese agent? You don't remember what Trump said somehow or another during the campaign in fall of 2020? If Biden somehow gets into the White House, China's going to take over? Well, what do you see happening all around you? More from uh, Terry Turchy. And uh, the evidence is, is certainly on the surface. And the patterns are there. I've worked this stuff. I know what it looks like. And many agents feel this way. Again, former Deputy Assistant Director of the FBI's Counterterrorism Division. And yet, we're going to, retain, we're going to go after uh, record retention violations, which are misdemeanors. It, it really makes you ill, and, and it's, it's really made many of us feel uh, very passionate and very sick about what's going on with the Bureau. So, Terry, you were an agent that did the Unabomber case, and you're saying Merrick Garland wouldn't sign off on a warrant to raid the Unabomber, but signed off on a warrant to raid Trump? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. I was there. I was leading the Unabom task force. We couldn't. We fought all night on April 2nd with the group of attorneys that were included in making recommendations based on what they were reading of all the hundreds of pages we were sending them. And they would not recommend to Janet Reno that she should sign off on this search warrant. She did that on her own. Mary Garland, I don't know exactly what he was voicing, but he has all over his literature. Don't believe me. Just look at the, the bio. I was in charge of the Unabom prosecution from DOJ. Wow. And by the way, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. He never spoke to me once. I've never met the man. But I I, I was on a plane all day, up all night, and there that morning with the judge to get that warrant signed. So I'm sickened by this. And uh, what this is, and I want to make sure I make this quick. I know you got to go, but uh, people need to sit back and not look so much that this is an isolated event. This This is the revolution, the real revolution. 
revolution that is going on in America. It's been going on for several years. The people in power are moving America towards the, the communist ideology type place. People today were all really concerned. There's no precedent in America for this. Well, no, there isn't. They're looking in the wrong place. The precedent is in the Cuban revolution, the Russian revolution, and everywhere a communist government has eventually taken over. They go after their political enemies and they use the police state mentality to do it. And I am really ripped about this and I hope and pray over the next weeks that many other FBI agents who used to be there will come out and add their voices to it. Uh, I know a lot of people are, but, uh, but not near enough, Jesse. Yeah. They want to defund the police, but not the police state. Thank you so much for your service, especially on that Unabomber case. We really respect you. Thank you, you. Jesse. And uh, you know what? Thank you to Jesse Waters for putting Brother Turchie on television to relay that story. God bless him. Michael Knowles over Daily Wire says the Biden administration sent jackbooted thugs to raid the home of the last president and the chief rival of the current occupant of the Oval Office, ostensibly to enforce a law that many other presidents and even candidates have violated without consequence. As far as threats to our democracy go, Trump isn't even in the top 1,000. Yeah, I mean, Barack Obama took millions of pages of documents when he left office, right? And it's been, what, five and a half years, and not a page has been digitized, put online. Not one page. The great Sean Davis, over the Federalists, I like quoting this guy. He said, if the Biden administration really thought Trump were on the verge of building his own nuclear arsenal, they would have secretly overnighted him a pallet of cash and released a bunch of prisoners of his choosing if he promised to not, to not make any nukes until after Biden was out of office. You got to love the guy. He's got a sense of humor, okay? He's got a sense of humor. So, again, Jesse Kelly, not to be confused with Jesse Waters, which I often do, said, remember the FBI lawyer who lied to the FISA court so he could spy on Trump's campaign, Kevin Kleinsmith? He's still practicing law. Didn't see a day in jail. Don't ask me to view that institution as legitimate. No. No, not in the least. Darren J. Beatty, Revolver.News, says, Terrence Yeeke was a greater American hero than Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King Jr., but the regime desperately wants to prevent you from learning who he is. He's a guy that saved a lot of lives. Saved a lot of lives when the Oklahoma City bombing went down. He was the the first cop to get there. And the Oklahoma City uh, Police Department was going to give him the uh, Medal of Honor. But we're told he committed suicide a few days before that. 
People are trying to remind us about Terrence Yeeke. I'm looking at his picture on Twitter, and somebody said, Hi, I'm the hero cop who saved at least three lives during the Oklahoma City bombing and said the official story was a lie. One year later, during my investigation into the Oklahoma City bombing, I slashed my own forearms 11 times and my throat twice, then crawled a mile over a fence to shoot myself. I had handcuff bruises. In other words, he was murdered because he knew too much. Jack Posobiec. The great Jack Posobiec, senior editor of humanevents.com, said 16 years ago I was an intern on the Kurt Weldon campaign in Pennsylvania, a 20-year incumbent member of Congress. Kurt was an outspoken critic of the FBI. Then the FBI raided our offices two weeks before the election. Kurt was never charged with anything but he lost the election. That's when I was red-pilled. He said, Weldon had blown the whistle on the U.S. intel agencies knowing about the 9-11 hijackers before the attacks. LOL at the New York Times calling them searches even then. Searches. Yeah. The great Jeff Carlson over at theepochtimes.com responding to Christopher Ray's official statement said, well, he quoted Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz, who said, there is such a range of conduct here that is inexplicable. Our final recommendation was to refer the entire chain of command. That's right. He referred criminal referral of the entire chain of command of the FBI. Did you know that? I'm sure most people don't. Mercedes Schlapp, host of CPAC, she says Merrick Garland investigated parents at school meetings He investigated parents at school board meetings as terrorism threats. He did nothing about illegal harassment outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. And he launched an FBI raid on the current president's most likely opponent in the 2024 election. He needs to be removed. Liz Cheney. The blaze has this. Liz Cheney says Republicans actually endanger lives by attacking the integrity of the FBI agents involved with a recent Mar-a-Lago search with sickening comments. First Amendment, baby. Learn it, love it, live it. What uh, What are Joe and the family Biden up to these days? Staying for free at a $20 million mansion, Kiowa Island, in South Carolina. It's uh, 
little bit down the coast from Charleston. I used to be on the radio in Charleston many, many years ago. It says that uh, Biden recently asked prominent Democrat donor Maria Alwyn, the widow of hedge fund founder James Alwyn, if he could stay at her nine-bedroom Kiowa Island estate. Well, sure thing. Sure thing, Dementia Joe. Y'all, y'all can stay. You Bring Hunter with you. I think he's kind of cute. Oh, boy. Jason Foster, founder and president of Empower Oversight, formerly chief investigative counsel, Senate Judiciary for Senator Chuck Grassley. He's got some new questions for the record for FBI Director Chris Ray. They're from Chuck Grassley. Number one, you can't find what you won't look for. The FBI sought no warrant for the Clinton laptops. Instead, it negotiated and agreed not to look at the most important stuff. Number two, what's the basis for the warrant? Let's see the affidavit. Is there a filter team to segregate things not related to a narrowly scoped investigation negotiated with the target's attorneys, as was done with Hillary? Number three. Why the runaround on the questions about Biden and foreign government bank records and the declassified crossfire hurricane documents? Number four, did you know about Tebow? T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. About Timothy Tebow's political bias? Why are rank-and-file FBI agent concerns about political bias being censored? Yeah, because he goes back to the... uh, to the whistleblowers. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot out there. There is an awful lot out there. Now, coming up, we're going to hear from the guy who had the computer repair store Wilmington, Delaware, where uh, Hunter Biden dropped off his laptop and then forgot about it. That's coming up. But again, thank you so much to our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here every day. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, 
acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thank you so much once again to my friends and my doctors, Dr. J.R. Crabtree, his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree, at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. They've been such a big help to me, to my wife, to so many people that we know. All right, I think it's about that time to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Today's Tweet of the Day is from Kyle Becker, the great Kyle Becker of BeckerNews.com. He says in his Tweet of the Day, It doesn't matter what is in the search warrant. The FBI lies. End of Tweet. That's it. But, For good measure, he's got another tweet attached to it, which says, remember the Steele dossier? Nope, none of it was true. It was a Hillary Clinton campaign opposition research dump. The FBI used it for FISA warrants for campaign surveillance. One FBI lawyer even falsified evidence. All of them got a slap on the wrist. Don't be gullible, America. And then he says, see also, and he links to an NBC News article, DOJ says two warrants letting FBI spy on ex-Trump aide Carter Page were not valid. That is your tweet of the day. And thank you. Thank you so much to RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the United States. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental U.S. All right, so the great Seth Mandel, executive editor of the Washington Examiner over there on Twitter, says, the big revelation from Attorney General Merrick Garland, was that the FBI does its work, quote, while safeguarding the civil rights of all Americans, unquote. Presumably, the evidence for that assertion is under seal. Hello! I mean, that could easily have been the tweet of the day itself, couldn't it? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so we need to see not just the search warrant, but the affidavit.
That's what we need. The affidavit giving the excuse for the search warrant. So Maggie Haberman, Washington Post, says there is said to have been a subpoena that preceded the June meeting with Trump lawyers and the head of a counterintelligence unit suggesting there were efforts to get the documents prior to the search of Trump's home. She says investigators have reached out for interviews to at least roughly a half dozen people in Trump's circle who had, would who would have visibility into how he handled documents seeking information. Molly Michael, Trump's outer Oval Office assistant who went to work for him at Mar-a-Lago, is among those who have been contacted. Roughly a half dozen of her colleagues have as well. Derek Lyons, former White House staff secretary who left on December 18, 2020, and had no visibility into Trump's departure, but did into the process in the White House over time, was also contacted by investigators, a person familiar with the outreach said, and she links to New York Times. I thought uh, Maggie was the Washington Post. New York Times, I apologize. New York Times and CNN, okay. Then she says, uh, John Solomon, who is one of Trump's designated representatives with NARA, posted about the subpoena last night, describing it as a grand jury subpoena. He described Trump as voluntarily complying with the subpoena, but that isn't how subpoenas work. Well, John Solomon himself himself says, I'm not a representative for Donald Trump. He's an independent journalist. Anyway, Maggie Haberman, New York Times, winds up saying, Some senior GOPers have been warned by allies of Mr. Trump not to continue to be aggressive in criticizing the DOJ and FBI over the matter because it is possible that more damaging information about Mr. Trump related to the search will become public. The great Molly Hemingway over the Federalist said, if you fell for the Russia collusion hoax or pretended to fall for it for Pulitzers and such, you're probably the type of person to spread this type of ludicrous messaging. Talking about Maggie Haberman. Yeah. Yeah, let me... um, Let me let me share a little bit about this. Well, first of all, we we got to go to John Paul Mac Isaac on the Fox and Friends first show. That's the really pre-dawn show that comes on before Fox and Friends. And um No, I just think I I owe it to everybody to share with them what he had to say. And Miranda Devine has a story over at uh, New York Post. Hunter Biden laptop repairman John Paul MacIsaac says 
FBI agent threatening him to hush up. So let me play you the audio first, and then we'll tell you what Miranda Devine's article says in New York Post. Here is John Paul Mac Isaac Wilmington, the Delaware computer shop owner on Fox and Friends First. The computer repairman who handed over Hunter Biden's laptop to the FBI is now speaking out against what he calls the biased FBI after the unprecedented raid at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. That repairman, John Isaac, joins me now. John Paul, good morning to you. It's great to see you again. What are your thoughts on this raid that took place at uh, former President Trump's home as Hunter Biden heads off to summer vacation? Well, good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. I think it's it's a blatant double standard. Uh, I my family and I have witnessed the bias in the FBI going back as far as October of 2019 when they refused to touch the Hunter Biden laptop with a 10-foot pole until finally in December they came and, and they took it. And it, even then they seemed to be reluctant. Uh, then, then we saw them ignore the laptop during the, uh, the impeachment trial. So the, they never, the FBI never provided that information to the White House. So, and then how I was handled. Uh, you know, a whistleblower on the left gets anonymity and, and gets to remain, have their, their person remain intact while I blow a whistle and I have to flee the state with death threats. Yeah, well, speaking so of I've whistle- definitely witnessed a double standard here. Yeah, he did. Now, Miranda Devine, New York Post, says the computer repair shop owner blew the whistle on Hunter Biden's infamous laptop, claims in a new book that an FBI agent threatened him to stay silent. John Paul MacIsaac said two federal agents came to his Mac shop in Wilmington, Delaware, December 2019, to recoup the laptop following a subpoena. He details this in his new book entitled American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. The computer repairman who had volunteered to hand the laptop over to the feds two months earlier said the alleged threat came after he made a joke telling them, hey, lads, I'll remember to change your names when I write the book. He writes of the encounter, Agent Wilson kept walking, but Agent DeMio paused and turned to face me. Isaac said the agent then told him, it is our experience that nothing ever happens to people that don't talk about these things. That's a quote. The owner said he locked the door after the agents walked out, leaving him to digest the encounter. He wrote... Was I being paranoid or had what the agent just told me been a direct threat or at least a thinly veiled one? Isaac was left with a laptop from hell after President Biden's son abandoned it at his shop April 2019. Eight months after giving the laptop's hard drive to the FBI, the shop owner alerted then-President Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who in turn provided a copy to the New York Post. New York Post reporting on the trove of emails discovered on the device has raised serious questions about what Joe Biden knew of his son's overseas business deals. John Paul MacIsaac said he was eventually forced to shut down his business after being 
harassed when his private information was leaked. He filed a multi-million dollar defamation suit in May against Democrat Representative Adam Schiff and a string of media outlets, including CNN, The Daily Beast, and Politico, saying they falsely accused him of peddling Russian disinformation. Yes, they did falsely accuse him, and they knew that they were falsely accusing him. Just like all those former military brass and CIA directors knew they were lying when they said publicly in the lead-up to the 2020 election that it was uh, Russian disinformation. They knew they were lying. There's still a whole lot of lying going on. No question about it. Um, so, Steve Scalise was on Fox and Friends on Thursday morning. And it started off okay, Ansley uh, Earhart. Ainsley Earhart. Let me say her name right. I apologize, Ainsley. Ainsley Earhart started with what I think was a pretty good, pretty good intro, pretty good intro, and uh, and Q and A with uh, Steve Scalise, who is the number two Republican in U.S. House of Representatives, the guy who almost died. He was one of the many. Republican members of Congress that a Bernie Sanders fan tried to murder at a baseball practice in a ball field in Northern Virginia. Let's talk about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. I know House Republicans on the Oversight Committee are demanding that the National Archives and Records Administration explain what their role is. Were they there to look for archives? We don't know because we haven't seen the warrant or the affidavit material that that, um, coincides with the warrant. What exactly are y'all investigating? What do you want to know? Well, the first thing we want to do is ensure that records are preserved because, you know, the the silence is deafening from justice. The fact that they've taken this unprecedented step, weaponizing federal agencies to go after political opponents and then not even explaining to the American people what they were doing, Uh, not even letting the attorneys be there for President Trump, uh, by all accounts, uh, when they were in his house. Uh, These are all very alarming and concerning things, and we're going to have serious questions that we want answered. uh, And if we get the majority back, these are the kind of questions we're going to be asking to some of these officials. But we're telling them right now, you need to save these documents. You need to send us these documents. Don't go destroy documents uh, because we're going to have real questions that you're going to have to answer. And uh, this is this day is coming. I mean, you can't do something like this in a, in a country like the United States of America. Uh, people have constitutional protections. And if they want to trample over the Constitution, uh, we're going to be holding them accountable. Okay. Fairly normal interview. I think that was a great start. But then, you know, it's a three-person show. It's not just Ainsley Earhart. She's the photogenic one. But they call it the, the curvy couch. But you got Steve Ducey, the father of uh, Fox News Channel White House correspondent Peter Ducey. You got Steve Ducey on one end of the uh, curvy couch, and you got Brian Kilmeade on the other end of the curvy couch. 
And so they get to interject, and they get to ask questions. And frankly, um, Steve Ducey, the kind of questions he was asking, he would not have been asking a few years ago when he was um, presenting himself as a conservative. The kind of questions he was asking Scalise were frankly embarrassing. He sounds like a lib. So I don't know what the producers are telling most of the people on Fox News to get them to lean left. But um, Tucker Carlson has not listened to him. I think for the most part, Jesse Waters isn't listening, but some of these guys during the day, man, Steve Ducey actually believes FBI propaganda. Here we go. And you mentioned uh, weaponizing agencies, and we've heard over the last 48 hours a number of Republicans talk. There's so much we don't know yet about this particular execution of this search warrant. But we've heard uh, a a number of people from the political right talk about how the uh, FBI and the DOJ have been weaponized. Which is true. And you know it's true, Steve. You're not stupid, Mr. Ducey. Against Donald Trump. And the way it works is the Department of Justice essentially tells the FBI, go in and look for this stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they should. The FBI, with 35,000 members, you know, now they apparently are receiving a lot of specific field agents are receiving specific death threats. You believe the propaganda, Steve. You just accept it. Outrageous. Because there are a number of people online and elsewhere who are demonizing the FBI. Oh, you can't criticize the FBI, huh? First Amendment does not apply to criticizing the FBI as far as Steve Ducey, Fox and Friends, is concerned. That's remarkable to me. That is just remarkable to me. Now, next, Steve Ducey mispronounces a popular congressman's name. And some Republicans, Paul Gosseler, a Republican in your caucus from Arizona, said, There's no Paul Gosseler. And some Republicans, Paul Gosseler, a Republican in your caucus from Arizona, said, We must destroy the FBI. We must save America. I stand with Donald Trump. Paul Gosseler. There's no L in the guy's last name. How can it be Gosseler? I mean, are you kidding me right now? Paul Gosseler. No. No. Steve Ducey, this is embarrassing. But uh, this particular congressman got in a dust-up with AOC a while back. I'll tell you what I do. I'll tell you what I do. I'll let AOC instruct you on how to pronounce this guy's name correctly. This is not about Representative Gosar. It's G-O-S-A-R. How could it not be Gosar? Steve. May I call you Steve? Gosler. What on earth? It's Gosar. 
Okay. Ducey's about to say something else stupid. Marjorie Taylor Greene says defend the FBI. No, she doesn't say defend the FBI. She says defund the FBI. Defend the FBI. No, 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 not defend. It's defund, Steve. And there's a difference. You change one letter in a word, and it makes a world of difference. Marjorie Taylor Greene does not say defend the FBI. She says defund the FBI. And that's what we need to do, Steve, because they're crooked, and you know it. You know it, Ducey. But I know. I understand. You're, you're, taking, you're taking orders. Just like a waiter. I'm just curious, whatever happened to the Republican Party backing the blue, and in particular the 35 members of law enforcement, federal law enforcement, at the FBI? Whatever happened to they don't have the right to violate people's constitutional rights, you knucklehead. Yeah. See, see how it works, Steve? See how it works? Man, oh, man. Yeah, and frankly, we're, we're very strong supporters of law enforcement, and it concerns everybody if you see some agents go rogue, and if you see an agency that doesn't have the right checks and balances at the top. This is coming Steve, from Steve, who, who went rogue? Who went rogue? They were following a search warrant. Now, Ducey says, who went rogue? They were following a search warrant. Now, it's common knowledge. It's public that the judge hates Trump, that the judge was a federal prosecutor in the case against Jeffrey Epstein in 2008, left the employ of the DOJ and went to work for Epstein. Ducey knows this. If he doesn't know this, then he's lazy. He has no excuse. Who went rogue? Whoever presented it to that particular judge and the judge himself, they're rogue. Again, Ducey either knows this or if he doesn't, he's lazy. Which is it? Which is it, Steve? Are you trying to deceive people or are you just lazy? Outrageous. Who went rogue? Give me a break. But wait. But wait, there's more. Steve Scalise. Now, again, this is Thursday morning. This is hours before Merrick Garland did his little announcement. Steve Scalise says, hey, we want to know what Merrick Garland uh, knew. Because, again, Newsweek magazine had said Merrick Garland didn't know the FBI was going to serve a search warrant on Mar-a-Lago. Remember that? We want to find that out, and that's why we're asking these questions. Because, you know, there were reports yesterday that Merrick Garland said he didn't even know about this raid. I don't know if anybody believes that, but he should be asked under oath if he knew about the raid prior to it happening. Uh, He hasn't answered that question. Why hasn't he held a press conference? Why won't President Biden talk about this to the press? And is it related to Scott That is deafening right now, that silence. Yeah. Why did he take three days? Because as of the Fox and Friends morning show on Thursday morning, they had no idea that Merrick Garland was going to say anything. No idea. So Kilmeade jumps in to talk about this uh, Scott Perry guy, the congressman from Pennsylvania, who had his phone taken away by FBI agents. 
He used to be the head of the Freedom Caucus in the House. And is it related to Scott Perry having his uh, phone taken away by FBI agents who came to his house and said, just give it to me, uh, uh, where, where he was right. located? They just took his phone. On a vacation. Right. Your Ainsley coming in at the end saying, on a vacation. Now, they didn't come to his house, Brian. He was on vacation. How much more can they screw up on Fox and Friends in just one little interview? Well, Ducey is back at it, defending the FBI. See, Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to defund. Steve Ducey wants to defend. There is a difference. These are all things that are concerning. And, oh, by the way, then they want to add 87,000 more IRS agents right. uh, at the same time that they're weaponizing other agencies. Well, well uh, Steve, why, why not wait a week or so until we know more about this search warrant than, you know, immediately, you know, rush to judgment and say, yeah, the FBI, they're crazy. Nobody's saying they're crazy. We're saying they're corrupt, Steve. And you know the difference. You know the difference. Because of their track record, Steve. Because of their track record. Crossfire hurricane. Russia collusion hoax. Mueller investigation. Stolen election. And we go back a little bit. Waco. Randy Weaver, Oklahoma City bombing. Richard Jewell. Remember Richard Jewell? Why did the FBI blame Richard Jewell? The Justice Department admitted some fault in how federal agents handled the investigation into Richard Jewell, specifically an early interview in which officials intentionally misled Jewell to ask him questions about the bombing. Their interrogation, agents told him, will be used for a training video. And why not just trust the FBI? That's what Ducey's saying. Dude, you can't believe we're that stupid. And then, lo and behold, I don't know what happened, in the space of 45 seconds, Ducey does a 180. No, we're asking questions right now that no one's... And again, this is Steve Scalise they're talking to, a guy who almost lost his life at the hands of a, uh, a liberal maniac, massive shooter. No, we're asking questions right now that no one's answering. We're not hearing the FBI answer any of these questions. We're not hearing justice. And we're sure not hearing the White House answer these questions. All you're seeing is deflection. They get on a plane and fly away uh, as if it's some party to celebrate. Uh, this is a, a unprecedented action that's been taken against a former president. And look, you know, they, they, they have made it clear they don't like Donald Trump from the day he ran for president. Uh, this isn't how you settle it. You settle it at the ballot box. You don't use federal agencies to go after people that you disagree with. Uh, and that's what's alarming. Again, I think a lot of people in America want these questions answered. And right now, the silence is definitely we do need a lot you're of, hearing. We do need a lot of answers. You're absolutely All right. So right at the end, Ducey is saying we do need a lot of answers. You're absolutely, he's trying to say the word right, but kill means talking over him at the end. So, Ducey's like, let's just wait. Let's just trust the FBI. Why aren't you back in the blue? 
And all of a sudden at the end, he's like, well, yeah, you're right. You know, we, we, we do need a lot of answers. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, are you old enough to remember Don Rickles, the comedian? He would come on a late night show, whether a tonight show with Johnny Carson or Jay Leno or David Letterman, whoever it was. And he was the insult comic. He was funny, but he was just making fun of whoever. But then at the end of the segment, he would say, you know what, Dave? You're a great guy. Uh, you know, I'm in awe of your talents. You do a wonderful job. Please give my love to the family. After all the insults. It's like Steve Ducey is the Don Rickles of cable news. Because right at the end, he's like, yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, we, we do need to get a lot of answers, questions answered. Wait, what? That's not what you've been saying during the whole interview. Just remarkable to me. Just remarkable. All right, now, at the start of the show, I uh, promised you that um, I would have more evidence that Fauci is a lunatic who belongs in prison. Here Fauci is implying that he symbolizes truth. He already said a few months ago that if you're against him, you're against science, that he is science. Now he is truth. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as, trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but I mean, it's, it's I, I, people go to medical school now, people are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. My friends know me, my wife knows me, but people don't know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize is... In, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and, and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. You got that? So, um... Fauci is responsible for a lot of people dying by poo-pooing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, by uh, recommending remdesivir, masks, ventilators, whatever. But he says uh, people love him because they're thirsty for the truth and for integrity and for people caring about people. You got that? Guy's a megalomaniac, a megalomaniac. But you, if you think that's bad, just wait. You're about to hear Fauci laughing, being interviewed, talking to a guy. He and the guy are both laughing about the origins of the Wu flu, the China virus that killed so many people. We're at the epicenter of the initial outbreak. 
WA1, Washington 1, is considered the ancestral model strain. Um, this no, center, I, I developed the ancestral model strain. <laughs> I created it. That's right. You, you let it loose. I was in my kitchen. Yeah, I think you probably did, pal. <laughs> you let it loose. Okay. Gain of function. Here we come. <laughs> you're, you're making a rancha Italian meatballs, and that's a gain of function. <laughs> All right. The deaths of who knows how many people are a big joke. Dr. Anthony Fauci. I mean, have you heard that anywhere else? Look, what I try to do on the Doc Washburn Show is share stuff with you that you're just not going to get anywhere else. I try to warn you. I don't ever want you to say, hey, how, how come you didn't tell us? So, again, um, We'd appreciate it if you would spread the word. Let other people know that we're out here. And for those of y'all who are praying kind of folks, pray for me. Maybe I can get back on the radio one of these days. Okay? I appreciate y'all so much. You've been listening to episode 214 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of... Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth, and that's the way it is. Friday, August twelfth, twenty twenty-two.